Welcome to the FCC Podcast. Hear all the stories, worship, and teaching from Sunday service. Want to connect with us or learn more about FCC? Visit us at FCCETown.com. A few years ago, um, when we were living in Arizona, uh, we'd, we'd just moved and hadn't been there very long, and the senior minister came to me and asked me to speak, just like Stuart did to you guys today. And, um, and in that message, I, I, I told a story of how we moved from Texas to Kentucky. And in, and in that move, we just felt like God's hand was all over it. And there's little snippets along the way of him just reminding us, hey, you're doing the right thing. This is what I want you to do. And it's just a really cool story, just kind of a story of faith for us. Um, and that happened on Sunday. Now fast forward a couple days until Tuesday. And on Tuesday, I'm headed home from church just like any other Tuesday. Uh, and I am come to a, a, a stoplight and I see, we, we lived in Chandler, Arizona, and I look back and I see a Chandler police officer and he's eyeballing my license plate. Now, this is a problem for two reasons, okay? One, this is Arizona 2012. I had Texas plates and I left Texas in 2009. Let you do the math there for a second. That's bad, okay? You're supposed to renew that every year. And, and if you, I have a plethora of good excuses, and if you will see me after service, I will gladly share those with you because they're all legit. But the truth is, as a responsible adult, which I think I am, I should have renewed my plate or at least gotten a Kentucky plate when I moved to Kentucky. I don't know. I, maybe I should have done that. But anyway, he pulls me over, okay? And he comes to the window, and I give him my driver's license, and I do all the stuff. And I was like, you know, we lived in Texas, and then we moved in. And I start into the story, and he looks at me and he says, Yes, I know. I was there on Sunday. Like, oh no, man. That's just, just, oh, just turn it, and, you know, and yeah. Not my proudest, though, man. Just feel like a complete piece of garbage with this police officer. And after that, I would see him in the lobby at church, and he would just smile at me as to say, I've got one on you. And as you're going to see today, my actions with my license plate were very inconsistent with what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Because he explains how believers, how we should conduct ourselves in relation to the government. When I say government today, I want you to know that I'm talking about President of the United States down to like crossing guards and meter maids, okay? We're talking about the whole enchilada, all right? Um, and the truth is, is that as Christians, we are to be the best of citizens. Because one of the long-time misrepresentations of the church is that because we as Christians answer to a higher authority than the government, that we will cause anarchy and a breakdown in civilization. And this is still the mindset that is taught in countries that are hostile towards Christianity. And the truth is, is we're going to see Paul explain today that we as believers, the opposite is true. We as Christians and Christ followers, we are the best of citizens. We're nearing the end of this Access Your Best Life series, and it's been a study through, through the book of Romans. And, and the book of Romans can really be just divided in, in half, or sort of in half, but in two parts, if you will. The first part being chapters 1 through 11, uh, which is God's actions for humanity. And then the second part being chapters 12 through 16, our actions in response to God's. 
So essentially, there's, there's two parts. And, and when you get to chapter 12 and you see the therefore at the beginning of chapter 12, Paul is saying, therefore, based on the, the entire first 11 chapters that you just read, I hope you remember all the details, this is what you should do in chapters 12 through 16. So basically for us, after the therefore, we learn what we're here for. And since the therefore, we've learned from Stuart that we must offer our bodies as living sacrifice because God is worthy of what we could bring to him. And we are to use our gifts as part of our faith family, our faith community, because when we all give what we have, you know, the old saying, a rising tide raises all ships. It helps everybody. It helps our faith family. And then we learned from Taylor last week that we should we, we become more like Jesus by mimicking him. And when we mimic Jesus, we love more and we love better. Speaking of Taylor, see, Taylor got to choose which week he wanted to preach. If you'll notice, he didn't choose this one, okay? Taylor didn't choose pay your taxes, all right? To use a line from John's gospel, the disciple whom Stuart loved got to pick, and the black sheep got stuck with submit to the government and pay your taxes, and here's the thing, like, I try, okay? Stuart sends me pictures. He, he started, you know, uh, smoking. Not, you know, this kind, but, but like pork butts and that sort of kind of smoking, okay? And, and so he, you know, he gets hams, and he sends me the pictures of it. You know, it's got the bark on the outside. And, oh, man, I tell him what a great job and how good it looks. And I'm like, man, that looks so delicious. And I'm like, not anymore. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to be like, um, is it supposed to be that green color? Um, yeah. Seriously, though, Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7 is, is, is a tough passage. And one of the things I think that, that makes it tough for us is, that is our American mindset, our American attitude. It's not a bad attitude, but it's kind of the way our thinking is. And our thinking has been kind of the same, I think, for a while. And there's a couple lines from the Declaration of Independence that I think captures the American mindset. Hang with me, because we don't, we don't speak like this anymore. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. And as Americans, we're like, yes, throw them off, send them across the pond, we've got this. That's our American mindset. And I think this mindset is alive and well. There's some of it in, in me. Like, there's some of my mindset that says, throw off government when it, when it messes up. Let's get rid of it. We'll get us a new one. And then you take that mindset, though, and you add it to, to, to scandals, and you add it to investigations, and you add it to officials blaming other officials. And right now, it seems like everybody has, like, top-secret documents stashed at their house Listen, I checked my closet just to make sure we didn't have any top secret documents because I don't want the FBI showing up, you know, and doing their thing. But like, what's going on with that? And then 24 hours a day, we've got, we've got this news station saying how this side's wrong and this news station saying how that side's wrong. And it's just a mess. It's an absolute mess. And in the midst of it, we find ourselves as Christ followers being called to be a light. And how do we function in this mess? Because my best guess is that over the last little bit here, 
There have been moments when you have disagreed with politicians. There have been moments when you have disagreed with the government and, and some of the, the, the rules that have come out. And, and so what does life in the Spirit look like in the midst of disagreements with the government? How do we live within the bounds of that which we don't agree or cause us to want to pull our hair out? How do we live in that? And before we answer those questions, I want, want you to know one thing. The guy whose words we're going to read today gets it. The Apostle Paul gets it. Here's how I know he gets it. He lived under a government that was way more dysfunctional than anything we could imagine. When he put pen to paper to write what we read as called the Book of Romans, there was the guy who was in charge. His name was Nero. He was the emperor. And Nero invented torturing Christians. This was the guy in charge. There was so much hostility towards believers that this famous symbol that we all know today is ichthus, this was invented so that Christians could say to another Christians, hey, I'm like you. Because they would, they would see each other, and, and I don't know how like you identified somebody as, as, a, as a Christian, because they didn't have the little rubber you know, WWJD bands. There was nothing really to identify. So I don't know how they picked out if somebody was a believer or not. But they would literally, in the sand with their foot, draw the top of the fish. And if the other person was also a believer, of course, they're facing the other way, they would finish it. And so this thing that we see on signs and business cards and everything was created during this time period because people were afraid to say that they were a believer because the government was so, had so much hate towards Christians and was so evil. That's what was going on when Paul wrote the book of Romans. When Paul was, was in his 30s, Caligula was the emperor. And this guy was completely unhinged. He had his mother and his brother killed so that they couldn't challenge his right to the throne. He frequently, when he would go out in public, he would cross-dress. Why not? He installed his favorite horse as a senator and then promoted this horse to council. And as a result, the Roman Senate couldn't get anything passed. He always voted nay. Been waiting all week for that joke, man. I just, that's funny. I don't care who you are. All right. All jokes aside, though, this really did happen. This is, forget my dumb joke. This really did happen. This guy really did make his horse a senator. And some of you are like, I know some horses that are senators. Uh, just joking. But he once got so frustrated. how crazy this guy was. He once got so frustrated at the weather, he sends the Roman army down to the beach and has them, have them whip the waves with their whips because he wanted to attack Neptune, the Roman god of the sea. And so he has them, them whip the waves with their whips and then take seashells because, see, I'm, I'm taking your stuff, Neptune, because of the bad weather. This guy was nuts. If there was ever a time to throw off such government, this was it. And this is the environment that Paul lived in. So when you think, man, our government's dysfunctional, we have no clue. And so this is what Paul says should be our relationship to the government. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. 
So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Now, at first glance, like you're thinking like, man, how did we go from what Taylor said last week to what the government this week? Because it seems like Paul changes without any kind of transition or introduction. And the reason is this. In our Bibles, the translators put chapters in there to make it nice and tidy and neat for us. But in the original letter, there wasn't a break here. Paul went right from what he was talking about into chapter 12 into submit to the government. And he doesn't include a break because he is speaking about how believers are to live in love and get along peaceably with all people. Remember, just a few verses ago, Paul says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Believers living under Roman rule, one of the primary applications of these words would have been in their response to the government. Now, if you, James, if you would bring back up, uh, back up verse 1. It says, and those in these positions of authority have been placed there by God. I think a better translation, a translation that I like after studying this is, no one has the power to rule unless God permits him or her to have it. Did God handpick Joe Biden or handpick Andy Bashir? I don't know. What I do know for sure is that God has permitted both of these men to have the positions that they currently have. And for that reason alone, Paul tells us to submit. And there's no ifs in here. There's no, if they follow Christ, then you follow them. That's not in here. We are told to submit, to put ourselves under, because God has permitted them to be in this position. Now, I want to give you one caveat, because there's a big one in here, and that's this. If the government commands us to do something contrary to God's word, we must defy the government and obey God's word. Because we are Christ followers first, and we are Americans second. One of those is eternal, the other one is not. We are Christ followers first and Americans second. Let me give you a couple examples. When the Sanhedrin commanded Peter and John to stop speaking in the name of Jesus, they replied in Acts chapter 4, do you think God, there's a hint of sarcasm in here too, which I kind of like that. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The very next chapter, that command is repeated, and Peter answered, we must obey God rather than men. Now that's New Testament. How about the Old Testament? Old Testament, you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3 who refused to bow before Nebuchadnezzar's idol. A few chapters after that, Daniel chapter 6, Daniel refuses to stop praying. If the government commands us to do something contrary to God's word, we must defy the government and obey God because we are Christians first. But if we choose not to submit to the government because we are displeased with the government, or we break law for personal gain, or we are rebelling against God, and as a result, there will be punishment. And the punishment Paul refers to is not like an eternal punishment, but it's punishment from the state. Like if you don't renew your license plate, your tag, there is punishment for that. Just so you know, I received grace. Praise the Lord, because it would have been ugly. All right, Romans chapter 13, verses 3 to 5. 
For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid. If you see a police officer eyeballing your license plate that's four years out of, out of date, you should be afraid. For they have the power to punish you. They are God's servant, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them. Here's this little word again. That's twice now. You must submit to them not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Why did I get antsy when I saw the officer eyeballing my license plate? Because I know that the city of Chandler had the ability to punish me for breaking the law. There are three institutions that Scripture presents that bring about civilization. In the home, we have education. In the church, we have the church is there to convert and to edify. And if those two institutions fail, the backup institution is the government. And the government's goal isn't to educate us or to convert us or to edify us. The government punishes lawbreakers as a means of maintaining law and order. And because the government has the power to punish, they create fear in those who seek to do wrong. All right, once again, as I showed you just a second ago, Paul again says the word submit. And we do so because we understand in verse 4 that government is a minister of God to maintain order. That little flashing stop sign on the side of the school bus that pops out, it means stop. And it's there to protect our kids. Policemen are a 911 call away. EMS, fire, all a 911 call away. Police officers keep order, and that's good. They are the guys ordained by God to do so. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful for the thin blue line because I would hate to see what our world would look like without it. Submit because the current government is permitted by God. Submit because if you don't, there are consequences. And now we've saved the very best for last. Romans chapter 13, verse 6. Pay your taxes. Man, you're getting your money's worth this morning, aren't you? Mm, pay your taxes. Two, for these same reasons, for government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Now, listen, let's get some clarification. Paul is not saying that you should get giddy because the Internal Revenue Service is adding 80,000 plus new agents and your chance of getting audited just went up, okay? We're not supposed to be excited about that. But Paul says, whatever you owe, pay. Reflect Jesus, be the best of citizens, pay your taxes. And I think it's safe to say we all like having police. We like having maintained roads and schools and fire departments and all this stuff. But can we, can we just have an honest conversation here this morning, just us? What's up with these half-abouts downtown? What's up with these? I mean, like, I'm all for a roundabout, but why do they have to be fun size? Can't they, I mean, like, like my turning radius in my truck, like, I can't, it won't cut that tight. So I've just given up, and I just go straight. 
I mean, it's, it kind of bounced a little bit, but I just go straight. I, I'm not even through this sermon yet, and I'm already breaking the, what Paul says. My goodness. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Let me, can I really have some, some serious confession with you guys for a second? <clears throat> here's the thing. I pay my taxes. I'm even crazy enough that I go and pay someone else to help me pay my taxes. That's how crazy I am. You all, you're, you all that crazy? Yeah, you are too, aren't you? But these last words of verse 7 really convicted me. Because I don't give the proper respect and honor to those in authority. And here's what I mean by that. I am far quicker to laugh at a Joe Biden gaffe, and I didn't mean for that to rhyme, than I am to pray for him. I am. I'm quicker to watch a video of him doing something that is dumb on YouTube than I am to pray for him. I am. And before you judge, I want you to know that I am bipartisan in my disrespect because I do a really good impression of Ryan Lemon of Kentucky Sports Radio's impression of Mitch McConnell. And I wish I were as skilled at praying for Mitch as I am doing an impression of Mitch. Because there are few things more honoring than setting aside time, getting on my knees, and praying for the men and women who make up our governments, regardless of what political party they're affiliated with. And I wish I did a better job at that. I want you to think about something just for a moment with me. I want you to think about your Heavenly Father, and I want you to think about all the governments that He has seen rise up and then disappear. Thousands of years of little governments coming up and disappearing, big governments coming up and disappearing. I want you to think of that because He sees government as a, simply a temporary system of maintaining civil order. And I say temporary. You think, well, there's no way. The Romans thought that too. But see it like that. See it as a temporary system of maintaining civil order, and that's all it is. So its failures, do that because it's, that way its failures and its dysfunctions don't rob you of your eternal God-given purpose, which is far greater than what a simple temporary system of maintaining order could do. Keep your eyes on the prize. Access your best life by submitting to the system, paying what it says you owe, and honoring those who are a part of it. Because that's the desire of your heavenly Father, and He is the one who has permitted them to hold the positions that they hold. Focus on Him and His purposes. Listen, I know it's frustrating when the government adds taxes instead of doing the difficult work of cutting spending that's not doing anything. Or when the government pushes through legislation that, frankly, we just don't agree with. It drives me nuts, too. I've had to cut back on the amount of news that I consume. Because my head was about to explode, my blood, my blood pressure was going up, and I was like, I've just got to get away from this. I let the temporary system have way too much influence over me. The truth is, if you really want to bring about change, lasting change, here's what you do. The best thing you can do. Submit to the current system. Pay whatever it says you owe. Honor those who are part of the current system. And then focus all of your time and energy on the mission 
that Jesus Christ gave to you and to me. And if we do that, we might find something different. We might find that there's just more Christians at the polls the next time we go to vote. See the system for what it is. Focus on your God-given mission. And when you do, God is honored and you have less worry. All right, Stuart's been leaving you guys with a little challenge each week, and I know Taylor did last week. I want to leave you with one as well. I'm not going to ask you to, to memorize these verses. I think we all understand pay our taxes. We're, we're good with that. But I want to leave you with this. I want you to take time this week to pray for those in public service. Set aside time and pray for those in public service. If you don't like them, you should be praying that much more. Jesus says, not pray for enemies, but pray for those who persecute you and love your enemies. So if there's ones you don't like, pray for them. If you happen to know a public servant, pray for them, and then whatever way you contact them, do so, and let them know that you prayed for them. Say, hey, listen, I prayed for you. I prayed for your family. I prayed for the work that you've got to do. I lifted all of that up. Take time to do that this week. Let's honor those folks who serve us in the public realm. Because as Christians, we are the best of citizens. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful that you oversee government and that you are ultimately in charge. We are thankful for Jesus. We are thankful for hope. We are thankful for that. Even though that stuff happens here in this earth, in this life, that makes our heads want to explode, we know that we are part of something greater and something eternal. And Father, we take time this morning to pray for those whom you have permitted to be in positions of power and authority, whether that be here in the city, here in the county, our state, or even our federal. We lift up all of those who serve us. We pray for wisdom. We pray for those who surround them and have influence on them. I pray that those folks would be people of high character and big faith. And if not, I pray for their salvation. And I lift them up to you because they carry big burdens and because they represent us all. And for those of us who sit here, Father, help us to be the best of citizens. Help us to submit, help us to pay, help us to honor so that we have the opportunity to do your work, to do the work that matters the most, and that is sharing Jesus with the world that is more desperate for him than it's ever been. And by that, we can bring lasting change. Give us the focus to do that. Father, we love you. We pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.